This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. With 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, the barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit bbqrsdelight.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Uh, this is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. You can do it one of two ways. It's a toll-free phone call. 
877-448-0433. If you choose to email the show, you can do that as well. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are your two bits of contact information. Anything else you want to find out about the show? Uh, you can do it a couple different ways. You can go to the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. There you will find everything else you want to know about the show, how to advertise, uh, frequent guests, links, sponsors, all that great stuff available right there on the main website, access to archives, so on and so forth. But if you want to call, you can do it. If you want to email, you can do it. And those are the two ways, 877-448-0433 or Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Here's what's happening tonight. In case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can also subscribe to on the main website. Uh, coming up about uh, 12 minutes from now, a loyal show sponsor and somebody that I always look forward to chatting about the world of barbecue and grilling with the pitmaster of Butcher's Barbecue, Dave Bosta, joining. Dave. Always bringing it strong. We're finally going to get into a topic that I have been wanting to talk to Dave about literally for over a year. Uh, maybe in March we actually talked about this in his trailer when I was emceeing the gig in Miami, Oklahoma. Maybe we didn't talk about it. But I, I want to say I recall talking about this, at least pitching it to him, saying, hey, we should think about doing this thing. And I'm not, no horsing around here at all, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about it and just haven't been able to work into it in the last couple of segments because, uh, quite frankly, Dave is a dynamic guest. He has got a lot to share and some things just have to get pushed by the wayside. But finally tonight, this will lead off our conversation. So look forward to that. Tune in for that. Uh, Robin Lindar is coming up at 935, the Grill Girl. Lots of stuff to talk about there. Caveman grilling, Super Bowl recipes. She's going to take me to task on uh, why or why not Bobby Flay should be number two on the pork barrel barbecue list of uh, 2013 most influential people, top 25. Then we'll move to the second hour. Joining me is a guy I haven't talked to in a long time, a West Coast barbecue phenomenon, open air market diva, Neil Big Mr. Strader will be joining me. We're going to be talking about the business of barbecue. And uh, 10.35, helping me close out the show. One of people's favorite recurring segments, Connie's Recipe Corner. Connie Rampy joining me to round it out. So there you go. Packed, loaded, and so forth. All right, right now, since you're listening, make a Facebook post, make a tweet that you're watching the show live. Uh, send them to a couple different places. If you know the person that you are going to be sending to is uh, more of a video watcher, send them to the Outdoor Cooking Channel. OutdoorCookingChannel.com is a place to go to do that. If they are audiophiles or they are roaming down the street with their smartphones and they can catch it kind of like a radio show vibe, send them to TheBBQCentralShow.com or you can tell them to go to their respective app store and download the TuneIn Radio app. It's free. You can pay for one as well, but I prefer the free because we all know if it's free, it's me. And then search BBQ Central. That should be enough. Save it to your favorites. And between the hours of 9 and 11 on Tuesdays, you can catch the show live streaming as it happens. And then off hours, you can catch all of the replays of this show during the course of this calendar year. So this would... Folks, can you believe it or not that it is already the third week of January? What? 2014 rapidly coming to a close as an old 
classic wrestling announcer veteran used to say. Uh, but 2014 rapidly coming to a close with the third week of Tuesdays already upon us, if you can believe it. Uh, but they can download the TuneIn Radio app and catch the show uh, live here on their smartphone. They can plug it into their auxiliary jack in the car and get it just like any regular radio station would be. Uh, also, if you're in an Internet Protocol television or you have the Roku box, you can download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app from the Roku app store and then uh, click on the live stream right there. You also have full archives of this show as well as the other shows that Kevin Bevington puts on with Outdoor Cooking Channel. Um, don't forget, uh, if you miss the show live, you can subscribe to iTunes for audio replays. You can go to my YouTube page. You can go to Outdoor Cooking Channel for replays. You can go to the main Barbecue Central website for replays. There's no reason you should ever miss anything on the show ever, ever. Period. Amen. Got this email from a listener, Matt Sturgeon. Greg, really love your show. I listen through iTunes as a podcast due to the tremendous amount of traveling I do for work. I've been a regular listener for about a year and a half. Love all the great information and enjoy some of the competition talk. I'm just a backyard cook. Hey, guess what, Matt? So am I, buddy. Backyard, loud and proud. Wall to wall, heaven's clear. Have you ever had any of the YouTube cooks on as guests? They were the beginning in my search of content, and through their shows, that's how I found your show. I have found the following cooks very informative, creative, entertaining, to include Cook Everything Outdoors, Ballistic Barbecue, Barbecue Pit Boys, Legends, I think, through uh, YouTube, Barbecue Pit Boys, Barbecue Brothers Stoked and Smoke, Kamado Joe, formerly Man Cave Meals, Food Wishes, never heard of them, and Pitmaster X. They have all given me the inspiration to go from just doing burgers and dogs on the gas grill to smoking pork butts and ribs on a Weber kettle to the great Christmas gift from my wonderful wife, a Primo XL. She's a keeper. She's a keeper, man. Thanks for all the free content. Love the show. Matt, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, Matt. Audibly, as it were. Some people like the uh, video. Some people like the audio. Matt says he's a, he's a busy worker. I get busy workers. I'm a busy worker myself. Made it to show on air. Minutes to spare. Believe it or not. Wait. Oh, no. Minutes to spare. Wow. I'm going to have to fix that. That's not where that belongs at all. I got to fix that immediately. I was messing around with my sound effects button because I had a new sound effects. I have a new sound effect drop to use. There we go. That's what I want. All right. So that's all fixed. You know, many times in the show I've mentioned that perhaps we have seen enough of the bacon craze already. But at every turn I am proven wrong and this item no different. Thanks to my good friend and loyal centralite, Alan Frankel, for this. I am getting this ready for view up on the screen here for everybody that's watching on the video side. I, sub- I humbly submit to you the bacon pillow. That's right, the bacon pillow. It's a pillow that looks like uh, a pound of bacon that you would find in any type of traditional vacuum packaging at the grocery store. It's currently $20. It's uh, rated 4.1 stars. And by the way, for people that are watching and the people that are listening audibly can't see this, uh, so you get the idea, right? It's a pillow. It looks like a pound of uncooked bacon. Shrunk wrap in standard Sugardale or Oscar Mayer or whatever bacon choice that you like. And may I say, by the way, why doesn't, who doesn't want to buy every 
you know, you see where this is coming from, right? All the way at the top left. Uh, my favorite magazine called Sky Mo. Who doesn't want to buy every damn thing in the Sky Mall magazine? Talk about a publication that I could easily drop $100,000 in. Easily. And it's currently the only rag I look forward to reading, like, ever. People that really know me know that I like reading about as much as getting my temperature taken anally. Not very much. All the while knowing it's going to be the same stuff that was in there the last time I read Sky Mall, but I love me some Sky Mall. I love you, Sky Mall. Love you. Uh, if you want to check it out for yourself, for the people that are catching this on podcast, audible, skymall.com slash bacon hyphen pillow forward slash VM Victor Mike 9812.html. Uh, or you can watch the video replay and see it yourself. Uh, once again, this is the uh, bacon pillow. It can be yours for a mere $20 if one is so inclined. Uh, for me, if it was cooked, I would be a little bit more... Well, who am I kidding? There's no way in hell I'm going to be buying a bacon pillow. And the only way I'm considering is because Sky Mall is doing it. Love the Sky Mall. I'm telling you, if I... If I didn't love Sky Mall, if I didn't love Sky, uh, I'll have to get to that in a minute. All right, folks, let me talk to you uh, quickly before we get to Dave Bosca about my man, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, located right here in uh, Willoughby, Ohio, uh, servicing the good folks, both men and women of the barbecue and grilling community. Uh, look, you've uh, been around these jewelry stores now for some time. You know the big chain stores that you find in the malls. They have huge overhead that they have to cover. They have a bunch of ill-prepared, ill-educated salespeople, not consultants, not people who have your best interest in mind. They're just looking to make a big fat commission check. Hey, I like to make money like the Nesca. But sometimes you have to be dealing with people that are experts in the industry, and Stephen DeFranco and his staff are experts in the industry of jewelry. Now, if it comes to uh, diamond earrings, engagement rings, especially Venetian glass jewelry, artisan wood bowls, of course, uh, the wa- the watches. Huge selection of watches at outstanding prices. Uh, if you head on over to his website, Stephen DeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, StephenDeFranco.com, uh, peruse the full inventory. Once you find something that you like, give him a phone call, 440 440- 943-2700-440-943-2700. Uh, he'll ask you a bunch of... Well, ask for Steve when somebody answers the phone. Once you get Steve on the phone, uh, ask him for advice. Ask him for counsel. He's going to be asking you a lot of questions to make sure that you are not potentially making a purchase that uh, you don't need, or maybe he's going to steer you in another direction that might better fit the agenda that you have with this particular piece. And he's not going to be... Steering you just uh, due to price tag. I mean, budget is important, obviously. But he's not going to be trying to say you should do this or you should do that. You're going to do what you feel is comfortable. He's not going to be pressuring you or anything like that. Uh, no gimmicks here. Uh, just straight, honest answers, straight, honest uh, information. Because uh, not only does he want to earn that business this time, he wants to earn it for years down the road. And that's why I do all of my shopping, either for me or my loved one. At Stephen DeFranco when it comes to jewelry. Stephen DeFranco, StephenDeFranco.com, or call him 440-943-2700. We're back with Dave Bosco right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy. We're back, 877-448-0433, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. My first guest tonight is a champion barbecue pit master, successful barbecue rub injection sauce maker, does cooking classes from time to time as well, and one of the longest-running sponsors of this show. Let's proudly, proudly, or proudly welcome back uh, my friend David Bosco, Butcher Barbecue. Dave, Happy New Year, buddy. How are you? Hey, thanks, Greg. Glad to be back. I'm always happy to have you. Appreciate you making the time, Dave. You know, a few different things I want to chat with you about tonight. So let's start with the topic I have been desperately trying to work in with you these past few times, but uh, for whatever reason, time-wise, just hasn't been able to work out. But a topic perhaps no one even wants to consider or hear about, but I think it's high time we open up some dialogue here on this show, namely horse meat. And I'm sure just the mere mention of it sounds wrong to the vast majority of us in a general sense. And uh, as someone who is, you know, like yourself, in the meat business, how does the term horse meat strike you right off the cuff? Well, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Um, Horse meat to me is no different than any other meat. Um, Lamb, goat, uh, rabbit, beef, veal, um, I... Horse meat, horse meat. Uh, have you uh, partaken in a horse meat consumption? No, I've never ate any. Can't say I have. Um, at one of the annual meetings we had with the Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma and Texas Meat Processors Association, I sat on the board for that. We had a meeting where we met with a guy out of Russia that they were large at making sausages with it. I, I learned a lot about how the attributes of it and some good things you can do with it, but I can't say I've ever ever had the delicacy of it. Dave, do you think that there is, and we're talking in a general public way at this point, obviously, but do you think that there's an aversion or a, um, a step back when you mention horse uh, because it's it seems to be more of a domesticated animal like a dog or a cat versus something more traditional, like, as you mentioned, a cow or a pig or a chicken or a goat? Well, it's only that way here in the United States. Uh, my wife and I was actually talking about it a little earlier, and she had a good point. She said, you know, you can talk to any ag student out there right now that shows beef or shows anything like that, and they know that the goal of them, uh, it's, their beef is going to get slaughtered. But as they raise them, um, they pamper them, they take care of them. It's a two and three de- uh, time a day nurturing of these show animals, and they become pets to them too. No, they don't want to slaughter them. They don't want to take them to the market, for lack of better words. But that's the goal. That's that's what they're doing it for. That that breed is raised for that purpose. Hey. Um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought there, Dave. 
And if we had horses the same way, that would be instilled in us. Um, now, my wife and I, we raise miniature horses, so we have horses. We've got oh, 11, 12 horses here on the place. And as a horse grower, a raiser, breeder, my wife shows them. Um, I'm going to tell you, she's been the last couple of years, she's been the president of their local association. And, and having an outlet as a horse kill was a good thing for the horse growers associations. That gave them an outlet. A lot of people wouldn't think of us as being that way, but the reason so is if you have a horse that is bad, if it's not in confirmation right, or it has uh, a disease, you have nothing to do with it other than shooting it yourself and taking it to a ditch. Uh, you, you need to have an outlet for everything. Um, we have outlets for dogs. We have outlets for um, the beef, the goats. We don't have anything for horses. So what happens is they raise up. There's, the diseases continue to grow in the bloodlines. Uh, the bad, or, or you, for lack of better words, you put them out to pasture and eventually you'll sell them as a pet. But someone always wants to breed that animal, even if it's a 20 year old mare or, or something like that, they always end up getting bred. So it continues and it passes on. So having an outlet like a, a, a slaughtering ability would help with that. I'm uh, just showing a uh, two cuts of horse meat. Believe it or not, I when the uh, newsletter went out earlier today, uh, there's a guy over in England who said, "Hey, oddly enough, we just did a, a demo with horse meat," and he sent me a picture of what it looked like uncooked, and then he also uh, sent me a picture of uh, what it looked like after the fact. And I mean, it, you know, I mean, it does look a little different to the eye than what most people are used to seeing when it comes to uh, traditional beef. But the uh, the end product looked, you know, fairly desirable. Uh, this particular guy said it actually had a little bit of a gamey taste, and uh, again, he would prefer a a steak over a, a horse meat sirloin or a cow sirloin or whatever over a, a horse meat sirloin. But uh, by and large, as you kind of pointed out there up at the top, Dave, uh, we're probably the only country that thinks like this, and evidently in Italy, uh, this is something that you could possibly find on any restaurant menu. They cook with it. Uh, quite often, if you're making meatball or, or some other type of where you just need meat, the horse is something that you're going to find in there. So the long-winded question is this. Uh, do you think that uh, there would be a viable market for horse meat here in this country? Okay, back a year or so ago, the government passed the USDA, or allowed the USDA to start inspecting again. Um, in 2007, the USDA, the funding was pulled out from underneath the USDA to inspect meat plants. Um, the last one closed about a year later. They would have to pay for all of that themselves. Um, last year, they passed the ruling to where they were going to allow inspections for meat slaughter. Right now, there is only three plants that has applied for meat inspections, New Mexico, I believe one in Missouri and one in Iowa. Um, and what they ended up doing was they had applied, they were given the, the license to do it, but no inspection had actually started. These plants were, the owners of these plants was watching 
the United States, the only outlet we had for these horses was we sent them to Mexico or Canada. It's legal to process them there. Um, they were seeing these thousands of animals to go there. They just wanted their part of the pie. That's what it boils down to. Give me the cut of that. Let's keep the jobs here. Let's keep everything moving this direction. The consumption of meat, of horse meat in the U.S. wasn't legal. The processing was for shipment to these other countries. That's what it was. That being said, last week, um, President Obama signed an emergency bill that pulled the funding back out of, for the USDA, and they can no longer inspect for it. If a plant wishes to proceed, they have to relinquish any rights for any inspection and pay for it themselves which no meat plant can actually pay for it no. for themselves um, because of the total cost. Uh, so there again, as of last week, it's been put back on hold again. Speculation, Dave. I mean, is it just going back to the fact that uh, nobody wants to say that they're going to be, uh, you know, the first people to eat horse meat in this country? I mean, what? I just don't understand what the aversion is going to be other than the fact that it's just, you know, something you grew up watching on television, a talking horse, or, uh, you know, you ride one for fun or for competition. Uh, it just seems to be a little counterproductive here when you have, uh, as you had mentioned, a fairly good outlet uh, for especially the ones that are uh, down the line or uh, diseased or whatever. Uh, I mean, why not put them to use? Well, that's me and my wife. That's our thought. There's a lot of those things like us, and there's a lot more that don't. Uh, they're pets. They're not. They're not for that. They're, there's there's a lot of pros and cons. Um, but as a grower, as a breeder in that world, you have to be able to stop the bloodline somehow, and that's just an outlet. Um, there's many. I guess other things you could do with them, but not that we know of that we can think of. Dave Bosca joining me here on the show, by the way. ButcherBBQ.com is his website uh, if you want to uh, check out the rub sauces and injections that he's very famous for. Uh, and, and by the way, Dave, uh, props to you for yet another great revision of your website. It's spectacular. Very good. Um, well, thank you. appreciate that. Do you think if we were able to uh, introduce the eating of, of horse meat that it would con it would kind of uh, knock back the amount of uh, traditional red meat that we as a nation consume? No, no, I think that would still be classified uh, technically under red meat um, due oh. to the protein breakups of it. But um, would it cut down on beef production? Yeah, beef. Um. Well, I don't know that answer. I wish I did, but then I know where to buy my stock at. But no, I don't know that answer. Do you think, as a, as a nation, in regards to the beef, that we are still a, a tremendous overconsumer, uh, or is it our right to eat what we want when we want and how much of it we want? Well, with the last statement you just said, do we have a right to eat what we want, how much we want? Well, obviously we don't. The government's telling us we can't eat horse meat. But I mean, of of a beef meat, like traditional beef. Okay, then, okay. Say that again. Let me answer that in a different way. Oh, that's all right. I'm just saying, like as a nation, in regards to the traditional beef uh, meat, uh, cow meat or whatever, uh, do you think that we eat too much of that as a nation right now, or is it our right to eat how much we want, when we want it, whenever we want it? 
No, I don't think we eat too much of it. I think as a whole, that's the easiest animal to grow in all parts of the United States. It, the habitat works well in a lot of high mountain ranges, low ranges. Uh, it, 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 foliage is good on different lands. Different breeds do better in some than others. The animal is the different breeds of these animals are more versatile than other larger carcasses animals that can feed larger meat. Goats can do that, but they don't get large carcasses. So one goat won't go near as far as the beef, even though the beef does eat more per capita or per, per acre. But there's a lot of things like that. But I think beef is the most versatile animal out there that we can use across the United States. Grow some in Oregon, some in California, Arizona, Texas, all across the United States. And those animals generally stay in those regions um, for different meat plants. I don't know if we could do chickens in Arkansas and ship them all the way to California and still be budgeted or, or I'm sorry, or maybe it to be cost effective. So I think beef is your best call yet. Uh, just to tie up the horse meat talk here for this evening, Dave, uh, is there any thought in your mind that we would see uh, some type of a horse meat introduction in the next two to five years in this country? No, I don't think so. I think the big dollars are helping by putting it down. Um, I do think behind the scenes, maybe there's some beef activists, some lobbyists. Uh, I bet that's going on because it will cut into them. And even some of the smaller players, if you take, uh, I mean, poultry, if I'm not mistaken, last year outgrew beef consumption in percentage of growth. Um so, but the pork industry, they'd probably be the ones that get hurt worse than anybody. They're struggling now. Um, and if you take even, say, 10% of their portion away, man, that, that'd probably really hurt them. Dave Bosca joining me here on the show, Butcher Barbecue Pitmaster. ButcherBBQ.com is the website. Um, Dave, I mean, you kind of answered the beef question here just a second, but let me see if I can't even uh, flip it on its side uh, a little bit more. You know, in regards to that uh, traditional beef product that we saw, you know, there was that whole pink slime deal out a couple years ago that we had actually talked about on the show. I had a lady on uh, towards the end of last year who did extensive research and study on red meat and how it began from, you know, when this uh, place was settled to how it kind of is up to present day and, and all of the spans in between, especially with that huge, you know, the big uh, meat, uh, the meat packing times, you know, 60s and 70s when it was really kind of gross and disgusting to now where it seems to be almost spanning out to be uh, kind of in, in the same vein as uh, growing grapes for wine and, and being able to, you know, finish cattle on this kind of a grass to get this kind of a flavor when you're eating it. Do you see, you know, the, this portion of the business growing into a continually growing artisan style niche, or uh, do you still see it as being more of a, a mass market to the to the consuming public? I think the mass market's going to always be there. Um, the growth of the natural fed, the all natural beef, I think it has a niche, and I think people will look at that always. I don't believe in it personally. The animals that we kill, that we see in that world, are of lesser quality product than what's out there in what would be the choice grade or something like that. I have yet to see very, on a regular basis, I should say, the all-natural be as consistent and or as high of quality 
as some of the others. Um, so I, I think it'll grow and I think it'll be there, but I don't think the niche it for me is going to be, a, I don't think that's it at all. You know, when we talk about grades of steak and we haven't really delved into it too much with you in previous interviews, Dave, but you know, in regards to those grades and prices that you see associated with them, the higher up the chain you go, uh, how much better are they really? And is it more one of those things where if you have the money, you should you should be able to, to buy up and enjoy those better grades, or do you not really see that much of a palate difference? Are you talking like from select to choice? Yeah, right. Prime? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think every every grade of beef has its place in the market. Um, I If I go to the grocery store, 90% of everything around here is all choice grade. Um, unless you go to mass marketers, the Walmarts, the, some of the homelands around here, which is a Safeway branded store, um, they sell a lot of select. Um, and then we'll have a two-row area for choice. Um, I'm, I'm, I like choice. I like the marbling. I don't know of a local store around here that carries prime grade beef on a regular basis. They carry the prime, maybe the ribeye or a T-bone, but that's it. Nothing throughout the counter. Um, that's, that's all that we pretty well find here in the central, central part of Oklahoma. I do like choice over the select. Is there a big difference? Yeah, there is a big difference. There's a difference in the texture. There's a difference in the total moisture when it's done because the select grade has a larger variance I'm sorry, a larger spread of the beef that it can continue to grab. Um, but the choice, you have to start having your marbling count per inch. And that's where it starts getting more expensive. And then the prime is even larger. So the average percentage of choice and prime versus select still does, I mean, the, the choice and prime together doesn't equal what select grades can be um, graded out. So you'll still see more select than, than choice out right now. Dave, before I let you go, of course, got to ask you about plans for the 2014 barbecue competition cooking schedule. Uh, how many do you have on the docket? And uh, aside from the ones that you already have kind of locked in, uh, how many are you anticipate doing this year? I'll probably do what we always do. I enjoy cooking. That is always has been my escape from the meat market, escape from here. I like I like just cooking. So I'll probably do between 25 and 35. It's just according to what tickles me. Are you opening up 2014 to uh, capture KCBS Team of the Year? Or is that something that doesn't even really, uh, in your consideration at this point, you'll see how the first couple unfold? Oh, no. Everybody that cooks 20 or better always has that in their mind. Um It'd be awesome. It'd be great. The best we've ever done. We got a we got third a couple of years ago in it. Um, haven't ever gotten back to that high. I don't know if I could. Um, around here, we've had some great, great cooks come on board. So, and people say, "Well, we got more cooks here than there." But let me tell you, when you have the equivalency of Kansas and Oklahoma cooking fighting for the same three contests, it's hard to gain. On the leaderboards, when you got three of the top five brisket cooks going head to head every week, you can't gain. You're just beating yourselves up. And whenever you're cooking against five of the top ten week after week, someone's got to lose. So there's a better chance that 
you're not going to gain statue or, or levels of that. So, you know, we'll just see. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of practice cooking. Um, took some time off in the last couple of weeks. I had a big old grease fire in one of my smokers, burned it down. Um, yeah, it was an ugly sight. But, hey, you know, if you cook long enough, it's going to happen. And, and it happened to me. So I've had to do a lot of cleanup and a lot of repair. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get to practice here at the end as much as I wanted to, but hey, I'll take what I got and go. That's right. Uh, we're talking with Pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue Competition Cooking Team, uh, Dave Bosca, also uh, the guy that is the purveyor of the uh, highly coveted rub sauces and injections. Uh, Dave, really appreciate you uh, finally coming on here and being able to disser- uh, give a dissertation on our horse meat topic. And, of course, I uh, wish you nothing but the best, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Greg, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got it. There he is. Class act, Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue, talking about, well, the majority of our conversation, uh, of course, was about um, horse meat. That's right, horse meat. I said it. People fleeing like crazy. Uh, you heard it from our guy on the street. As of two weeks ago, any funding has been pulled out, so uh, there's going to be no more uh, horse meat inspection. If it's a good outlet, why not consider it? You tell me why not. I don't know. Coming up, uh, Robin Lindar is out of the break. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, trusted online retailer, and uh, supreme longtime supporter of this show. I'm always in constant contact with the smoking guitar player, Fred Bernardo himself. Of course, uh, carrying a multiple line of cookers, grills, and smokers to include the Kamado Joe style, the Big Green Egg, all the Weber stuff, Primos, Grill Domes. Uh, He's got the Meadow Creek cookers, spices, sauces, accessories, many of these items in stock ready to ship to you directly. Uh, Have you been looking for Oak Ridge brines and rubs? They've been looking for Plowboy stuff. How about Smoke on Wheels products? Tasty Licks has them all. Of course, you know by now that Tasty Licks is the Big Green Egg headquarters, including many items for the eggs you can't get anywhere else. Big Green Eggs are in stock, so are their parts. They'll ship out to you directly at a fair price. And Tasty Licks, of course, carrying that Harry Sue's chicken rub. Look, if you're looking at the injections, um, Tasty Licks carries all the heavy hitters. Of course, Butcher's Barbecue. He also has Cosmos Q, uh, every type of guru, barbecue guru, and their associated accessory. Tasty Licks is a Green Mountain pellet dealer. Green Mountain Grill pellet deal. And as Fred says right here on the show when he's on uh, providing classes to the public as well, Fred teaches the majority of those. He's uh, quite a successful competition cook in his region of the country. But he's also bringing in top pit masters from around the country that compete on the circuit to give high-level classes for the folks that want to step their game up. And attention teams, Tasty Licks, your competition headquarters. All supplies from competition teams, including pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, Turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop. Tasty Licks Barbecue is the place to go, and you can visit that by going to tastylicksbbq.com. So head on over right now. Enjoy the videos that Fred puts up on his page. Plenty to choose from. And don't forget that Tasty Licks manufactures their own lines of rubs and sauces as well. Got to try those as well. When you order, drop Fred a note that you heard about him here on this show and let him know his support of the show is appreciated. Again, that's tastylicksbbq.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Thanks to uh, John Finch, by the way, for the horse meat picture. Thank you, John. Uh, John Dawson, Ramps, 
I know that rule number two of the show is no names. Of course, John, that is uh, rule number one. But whatever. I have something that I must ask you. Is it true that you are being considered for the Browns coach position? I know they are hard up, but come on. John, I may have an answer for that, but it's not going to be right now. We'll be back right after. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Records. Let's go! All right. We are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, thanks to Dave Bosca for joining me last segment, talking about horse meat, because that's fun. Everybody is going to want a big piece of horse meat after we're done here. Uh, my next guest appears on the show once a month. You can find her spreading the good virtues of grilling and barbecue to the ladies around the world. Men, too. Here to talk a little Super Bowl food recipe, maybe a prediction or two about the game, the grill girl itself. Robin Lindar is joining me here on the show. Robin, how are you? Hey, Greg, how are you? Doing very well. I apologize uh, that you can't see me. Well, maybe I shouldn't be apologizing at all. Typically, you can... What's going on? Is this a Skype thing? Uh, it's a... Uh, it's my uh, video software. I did an upgrade. So, uh, you know, for the the vast viewing public, the upgrade was better. For my guests, for some reason, this particular Skype uh, version and the Skype and my streaming software don't coincide right now, but they'll fix that at some point. Okay. Well, can you guys? So you guys can't see me. Oh yeah, can we can me? see you. You just can't. You just can't see me. Good for you. Warn you guys. Um, I'm a little under the weather, but luckily you can't catch anything via Skype, so we're good. Not that we know of. All right, let's get going. So uh, before we get into these recipes, Rob, um, okay. maybe some some goals or some uh, pontifications for you and your site for 2014. Where would you like to see it go? Projects you would like to get in on? Uh, what's doing with you? Um, yeah, well, you may have seen, I just did a site refresh. So the site looks a little bit different. Um, it looks better in my opinion. You know, part of the blogger is just keeping up a blog, part of being a blogger. And um, the infrastructure on my old one was really slow. Um, so I just really did like a major overhaul of my site. But um, bigger and better things for me this year, I'm really into outdoor cooking as far as not just grilling and barbecue, but really cooking over live fire. Um, that's something I'm really into as far as like, uh, you know, going camping and trying to, you know, do more like cooking in a Dutch oven and, and experimenting with that. Um, as far as I've even been cooking on like my fire pit in my backyard, it's just a, basically like a Weber fire pit. And I've been throwing my cast iron stove on and just doing just really pure, the pure form of cooking over live fire, which I find really exciting. Um, you know, and I've got um, some stuff I can't talk about, but I'm hoping it might work into things like maybe a cookbook and uh, maybe some partnerships with some some cool companies. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm also uh, writing for Cameron Diaz's new website um, about like healthy eating, and I'm kind of the the uh, yeah I'm, I'm contributing a lot of grilling content because you know a lot of my focus is. Well, you know, grilling is, you know, kind of defaults to being healthy anyway. So, um, so yeah, lots of neat stuff going on. Just trying to keep up, you know. Cameron Diaz, like the hot actress. Yeah, she just Watch wrote. Out. Can, you, can you give me an introduction or what? Yeah, I don't even have the introduction, yeah. but I'll work on it for us. But she just wrote a book called The Body Book that's really all about like healthy eating and a lot of the premises 
really just not eating a bunch of junk, you know, like if you actually start looking at the labels, which I've really been into this year, um, that's another one of my things. It's just really being more conscious about what I'm putting in my body and, and what, you know, what I'm eating, what was put into that, you know, just looking and making sure everything you're eating is not loaded and preservatives and weird hormones and just weird gross stuff, you know? So, um, so check it out. I think it'll be a cool gig. So yeah, lots, lots of neat stuff going on. Um, you know, I'm hoping to do a couple barbecue competitions with my dad again this year too. And I really want to do egg fest because I've never done that before. So I really, it's all about like trying new things. You know? Robin, you mentioned the word uh, hormone. I got a joke. Uh, do, how do you make a hormone? I don't know. Don't pay, don't pay her. Thank you. You're here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. Um, all right. So we have this uh, Super Bowl coming up. Um, I can say that with confidence because I'm sure nobody's going to sue this show. Uh, if we were syndicated across the country on regular radio, I'd probably have to say things like the big game or something stupid like that. Uh, but this is the show we're at now. So Super Bowl coming up like in two weeks. Um, and we have the uh, Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. And we have the uh, uh, Colorado team with the Peyton Manning guy. What's his name? The Denver yeah, the Denver Broncos. We don't like to mention them here in Cleveland. The kind of like uh, ripped our heart out back in the uh, mid-80s with the drive. Ever heard of the drive? No, but I'm not a football oh. aficionado. So. Google it and watch our hearts get stomped as I watched it live as a kid. It ruined my youth. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Sorry for that. All right, so uh, Super Bowl known for not only the culmination of a NFL football season, but people love to eat and drink at the Super yeah. Bowl parties. So, as far as recipes are concerned, I'm going to flash them up here for everybody to look at while you're talking about it. Uh, okay. Some some Super Bowl recipes you're going to be served. You know what I love about Super Bowl is like, yeah, football is great. The commercials are awesome, but I really just like having a day dedicated to like pigging out on finger food. Like I just love finger food. Like I could just consume my weight's worth in calories just in like dips, you know? Um, so I did a top five list on my site and first and foremost, let's start with jalapeno poppers. This is like my, my ultimate favorite thing to make. Um, and I, I've got two versions here. I've got kind of the push the easy button version which is a um, prosciutto Havarti jalapeno popper. So essentially you wrap um, Havarti or whatever cheese you want to use with prosciutto, stuff it in the jalapeno and grill it, which is excellent. And then I also have the more traditional like jalapeno popper that's stuffed with cream cheese and wrapped in bacon. And this one's more work because you have to kind of, you know, wrap the bacon around the the jalapeno and then suspend it in the oven, you know, so the jalapeno, the cream cheese doesn't fall out. And I actually even grilled this one because it's just harder to do on, uh, I'm, excuse me, I do the, the second one in the oven because usually the bacon, um, just makes the grill more likely to flare up. So, Mm -hmm. but those are my two top, um, jalapeno popper recipes. Uh, wings are a must have at, at a Super Bowl party. And I'm actually like, completely obsessed with chicken wings. That's like my comfort food when I'm, you know, some people might crave, you know, a cheeseburger or whatever. And I'm always craving wings and beer. Um, so actually last year, right before Super Bowl, I came up with this recipe and it was a really big hit. Um, and what's cool about it is you have this dipping sauce on the side. That's really great to make, um, for dipping, but also for leftovers. So it's, um, I call them West Indies wings because it's based on a habanero hot sauce base, you know, like a Barbados style, which is, habanero, which is super hot, but you pair this with, um, coconut milk, ginger and curry. And, um, it just makes for a really kick-ass wing. Um, you just have to try it. And if you, you know, for those of you that can't really handle a lot of heat, you can always decrease the amount of, 
um, hot pepper. And so, and then there's kind of my, my ultimate kind of what I'm known for, um, um, on my blog with my friends, which is, uh, smoked fish dip. And I just did a revision of this recipe because, um, traditionally in South Florida, it used to be made with smoked Marlin, which is extremely hard to find. Um, and so anyway, smoked tuna or whatever smoked kind of fish you want to make, but you pair it with cream cheese, mayo, um, jalapenos again, old bay and lime juice and lime zest. And it's to die for. <clears throat> and then also, um, this is a new recipe that's been pretty popular. Bacon, uh, bacon, jalapeno, deviled eggs. Now that I'm reading these wow. out, you can tell I really like heat, right? Um, <laughs> like jalapeno, jalapeno. So this is bacon with jalapeno on top of a green, uh, on top of a deviled egg. So wow. this is, this is truly tasty. And my husband is super weird about eggs and he ate these like crazy. So mm-hmm. I, and I think that's kind of like my my temperature test. If he eats something and he says he doesn't like it and he goes back for seconds, then it's pretty good. What's, uh, what's the aversion to, to eggs? It's, it's like this weird thing he grew up with. Like he had like a weird thing with eggs. And so we've been working on that since we've been together. Huh. It sounds like <laughs> it's coming along. All right. With the addition of uh, bacon and jalapeno. Oh, I mean, you can't go wrong when you put bacon on anything. Right. Uh, right. Um, and then the last one is a dip and or a salsa and what's great about this is it's really versatile to reuse for leftovers. So it's a um, it's a grilled pineapple, black bean, um, red onion, cilantro, coconut dip, and salsa, I should say. And um, you know it's pretty healthy, you know, because it's black beans, you get fiber. Grilled pineapple is awesome because you know when you throw it on the grill, it, it gets even sweeter. Um, you know, and you if you compare this with like you know your baked corn chips, it's pretty healthy. So. So a lot of this stuff you don't have to feel too guilty about, but I mean, this is kind of the, the American holiday of picking out on finger food. So who, who cares so much about that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, and I'm sure a bunch of the big fat guys are going to be uh, pigging out to care less too. You know, I just wanted to show this picture to the uh, public. You're not going to be able to see it because obviously we're having these uh, technical issues between Skype and my streaming software, but you, you said you were real big into the campfire cooking and, and the caveman cooking. And so I'm showing a picture uh, right now where it looks like perhaps on purpose you've thrown a piece of beef onto embers directly. Yes. Yes. So, um, and I had a good picture and a bad picture I sent you. And the one, I have a feeling you're probably showing the, the bad one. But, um, so this is called Caveman Style. And it was actually coined by Stephen Reichlin, who's like my, you know, not worthy, not worthy, kind of like my real idol. Um but essentially what you do is you throw the you throw your steaks like directly on the hot coals and it adds this really nice char and and almost like um caramelization to the outside of the meat. Um and so you, let's say you know if you have a like medium sized thickness New York strip or ribeye maybe 3 minutes max on each side and on directly on the coals you pull it off and you have a fantastic steak. I mean, it really needs nothing else. And you get this flavor from the, the um, you know, the charcoal. It's amazing. And, um, you know, when I, the first time I did it, put it on my site was a couple years ago and people were freaking out like, oh my God, you're putting that porterhouse on direct coals. You're going to ruin it. But it's, it's actually a fun party trick. I, I highly recommend people to try it. And that's kind of like, like I was saying, one of the things I'm really getting more into is cooking over live fire. Um, so that's an extension of that. Do you run into an issue where you have like debris that you got to like brush off and stuff like that? I mean, that's what freaks me out the most. Yeah. I mean, you'll 
literally pull the steak off of the coals and there will be little pieces of wood stuck to it and you'll brush it off. Um, but to me, I feel like that's kind of part of the fun about it. It's, it's truly caveman style grilling. Um, but it, it adds amazing flavor. You have to try it, try it and tell me what you think. And I think you'll really dig it. All right. I'll try it. Uh, so a big topic on the show the past few weeks has been the uh, Pork Barrel Barbecue 2013 Top 25 Most Influential People, according to how Brent and uh, Heath saw it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had forwarded that to you, and you uh, <laughs> had some thoughts about certain things, and I uh, just wanted to see you know, maybe who you thought should or should not have been on that list. Well, you know who I thought was missing was Dr. Barbecue. Where was he? Agreed. I don't know. Big stuff out he went up a chicken's ass to get a hot egg sandwich, I think. But I, I feel like he truly should be on this of list. Course. And I think there's some great people on this list that definitely deserve to be on here. And I and I think the larger question here, Greg, is yeah. at least to me, yeah. it's they're talking about influential people in barbecue. And then you see Bobby Flay, number two, and I know that you and I don't dis- mm-hmm. or don't agree on this, but I do not think he needs to be on this list. You're wrong. You're absolutely 100% wrong. And here's why. I don't think anybody for the last even five years has done anything more influential or, and we're talking about the masses here. Influence means over a large group of people. And certainly Dr. Barbecue is influential and, you know, a lot of these people on this list. But if we're talking about grand scale, mass reach, nobody in grilling or barbecue has done it any better or bigger than Bobby Flay to include cookbooks, to include cooking products, to include TV shows. Uh, I think he has really given the industry a jump start, and he should be, I wouldn't have had a problem had he been number one even for the last four years. How about that? All right. But let's let's just talk about the term barbecue. I don't think he falls into this term. I think he's one uh, of those Food Network you guys that brought a lot of attention to grilling and cooking Robin. over live fire. I'll give you that. But I don't think he belongs in this list with these people. First of all, I think barbecue is about community, and I think Bobby Flay is all about himself. And I think that's one of the you, biggest reasons he should not be look, on this list. Robin, you don't know you don't know Bobby Flay. You're how would you even say that he's out for himself? What does that even mean? You don't know well, him. I have met him. Actually, I wanted to show you so you didn't think I was just poo-pooing him. I met him uh, about four or five years ago. I had just started Grill Girl. Um, I stood in line a long time to have my book signed by him. And um, I have to tell you, I wasn't that impressed. He was kind of an ass. But I'm not saying these things about him not being on this list because he was an asshole. I'm saying that because I think he just doesn't fit in on this list. I think he's done a lot for bringing visibility to grilling, but do I think he should be on a list about barbecue influential, influential people? Definitely not. Now, you would, of course, know, I'm, and I'm going to stop the clock on this. We're going to have this out. Uh, you would, of course, know that if you are friends with Meathead, that uh, grilling falls directly underneath, or it's an all-encompassing term. Barbecue is grilling, or grilling falls under the term. So uh, he does uh, fit into this uh, particular community. Uh, also, are you mad because he was also signing maybe 300 other books before he got to yours, and perhaps he's a little tired and you thought he was just being an asshole, as you put it? I mean, come on, be honest. No, honestly, I just don't think he should be on this list. I think he's influential in in a food network kind of way, but I don't think he's influential in the greater barbecue community kind of way. And and to me, and, and my focus is more on grilling than it is barbecue, don't get me wrong. 
But to me, I see the barbecue community as an embracing community where we all help each other out. And I don't see him being part of that community. Who would who would you rather see be replaced Bobby Flay at number two? At number two, I would say John Marcus should be there because he's brought people truly into understanding the sport of competition barbecue and the people that are really, you know, the real people that are doing this stuff every weekend. Many of which who are your average backyard barbecuers that decide to take it to the next level. Do you think the uh, groups of people that Pork Barrel put in, like judges and competitor and backyarder, you think that's kind of a cop-out, that's kind of weak sauce, right? Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I was kind of questioning why they put those in. And I think, I think they have their place, you know, but they may not have thought about it all at once. They may, cause you know, the, the way I was looking at it is they, they wrote like a blog post every day for this list, which is really a smart thing to do for yeah. someone trying to attract traffic to their website, especially for those guys. They sell sauce on their website. Um, so, I mean, the fact that they were a lot, you know, kind of like the, the, you know, the 30 days of Christmas, yeah. it's like every day we're going to uh, introduce a new person. I think, um, you know, it kind of isn't following the right formatting, but it makes sense. I mean, the, the, the pit masters and the judges are a huge component of all of that. And it, it makes sense to name the unnamed people, you know, should you have been on the list, Robin? Spreading no. the word to women, influencing them to put their faces in the fire, grilling cocktails, Plus, let's be honest, you're like way hotter than most of the people on this list. So that has to account for at least 60% of the criteria, right? I mean, what gives? Well, you're sweet, and I love you for that. But I don't think I can be on the list in, in comparison to someone who's doing um, things like, you know, Operation Barbecue. I mean, they're like so much giving back to the community. You know what I mean? And um, But I appreciate you even like mentioning that. And, and yeah, I mean, hopefully and my goal is just to just kind of push the envelope with things that you can grill male or female, you know? Um, and I, you know, and, and really just to be creative in the things you can do and not compartmentalize grilling into like, Oh, it's this box in my backyard, you know, but to, to think of it as really like an outdoor oven, it's a heat source, you know? Um, but yeah, I think most of the people on here totally deserve to be on there, but, um, we can just agree to disagree about Bobby well, Flay. I was going to say we'll agree to disagree on Bobby Flay, I'll, and I'll take the position of I'm right and you're wrong, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, Robin <laughs> Lindars, you can find her at grillgirl.com. And as always, Robin, appreciate the time, and we'll look for you again next month. Yeah, you guys have a wonderful Super Bowl, everyone. All right. There she is, Robin Lindars. Making uh, zero sense on why Bobby Flay should uh, be not be, I'm sorry, not be number two on the list. Incorrect. That's all right. Sure, she'll come around later. Uh, Folks, here we go. If you're like me, you want to step up that barbecue and grilling game, that outdoor live fire cooking game up several notches, no easier way to do that than by heading on over to butcherbbq.com to order. How about the fact that uh, three winners of the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Contest have all used and won with Butcher Barbecue products? How about teams in the KCBS, FBA, IBCA use Butcher Barbecue products? How about the fact that Dave Bosca himself uses Butcher Barbecue products? Novel idea. Uh, we all know Butcher's well-known for their injections, the pork, the beef, now the prime injection. Bird Booster as well for your poultry. Uh, the Prime Injection combined all the things love with the beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. Combined it with the 
industry standard in beef flavor when it comes to competitions. Available for sale right now on ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you are looking for the go-to rubber sauce. You know you've hit the mother load here as well. We talked about it when we were on with Dave. Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs, sauces. Uh, my personal favorite, that steak and brisket rub. Of course, the honey rub, which I love as well when I'm doing anything pork. Sometimes I even mix it up a little bit poultry if I'm feeling a little froggy. And if you're going to be using the injections, try the premium rub, especially if you inject with butchers, because it's formulated to work with the injection, a perfect one-two punch to impress friends and judges alike. And last but not least, Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. I just cracked open my last bottle the other day when I made some pulled pork. Wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud. No liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce. Didn't take the easy way out, like most people do when they dump in a little bit of that uh, liquid smoke. So no-no where I come from. Uh, no worries about breaking the bank on shipping either. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 ship at $9.75. And anything over 200 bucks ship for free. ButcherBBQ.com. That's Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. We're here to wrap the first hour in two minutes. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. This will be a quick segment. How quick? About 45 seconds quick, so we can make sure we catch up with the clock as we head to the second hour. Special thanks to Robin Lindars, the grill girl, for joining me last segment. Also, Dave Vasca from Butcher Barbecue. We'll probably recap a little bit of that. Uh, email coming in from Katie Rempe, my sister. Grill girl is my hero. Flays a douche. Wow. Oh, my sister in again. Uh, Flay is number two, and by number two, I mean a piece of poop. Wow. Why does everybody hate Bobby Flay? Maybe everybody needs to rethink before they get all crazy on Flay. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's rethink about it. Uh, we'll step away real quick. We'll load for the second hour, and we'll catch you back on the flipper. It's the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shake a piece. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men.
righty just like that. We're back in the second hour. I've got to show you a picture. And the picture I'm about to show you is what my studio, what the original Barbecue Central Radio Network studios looked like. Um, I can't pull the camera on to show you what it, what it looks like right now. But, you know, obviously big lights, the green screen. I don't know if this is going to show up. This is what the original studio looked like. Uh, that's my dad, by the way. And there's me. And there's my microphone. And there's my two monitors on a uh, Walmart fold-out six-inch table. There's a five-foot table. Very old printer. That's what the original studios <laughs> looked like. Uh, needless to say, over time, we've uh, upgraded a little bit, upgraded the microphones, upgraded the equipment, added cameras. You'd notice that if you're paying attention, there were no cameras there for uh, the video side of things. So, yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've changed up a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely we have, for the better, just for you. Still to come tonight, Neil Big Mr. Strotter and my mommy will be joining us to help me close out the show. Uh, programming note for next week. You know, if you pay attention to the show, you'd wonder where the hell Mike McLeod was. Uh, he had to drop out last week, or uh, he had to drop out this week. Uh, we will not be, well, I think we have him in for next week. That's sketchy at the moment. Um, but as soon as I confirm him up, we... Yikes. That did not sound right. As soon as I can confirm his arrival next week, I will uh, make a social media post on that. But really, uh, if it's not next week, it'll be the week after that. And I guess from what I am reading, and maybe I'm not aware, feel free to weigh in if you know. Is there some type of Sam's Club petition that people are uh, protesting against the Sam's Club or something like that? Because uh, wherever they're going to be this year is going to be... Ta- it's the age-old Sam's Club hater question issue. Sam's Club is taking away from this local contest or that local contest, and it's not fair, and blah, blah. So, you know, these people are going to be boycotting Sam's Club. I don't have all the information yet, so I don't want to give a full take on it until I do, but it sounds on the peripheral that it's uh, you know the same old stuff, and, and now they've amped it up by uh, going to change.org or something like that. I'll get full information, and we'll have some uh, experts on to talk about it here soon enough. You know, I talked about it last hour with the bacon, but dude, enough with the bacon stuff already. Bacon pillow last hour, as I had just mentioned, and now this. Thanks, I think, to my good friend, and uh, sometime guest of this show, John Dawson from PatioDaddyOBBQ.com. Uh, how about bringing home the bacon Chinese-style butcher cures thousands of pork strips off his three-story balcony? Get that big stuff out of here. Yeah. Nothing quite like chomping into a crisp rasher of smoked bacon, but it seems one person was so desperate for the distinctive taste they decided to smoke their own outside the window of their flat. Joint upon joint of streaky pork has been spotted hanging from the windows of a third apartment in Wuhan, Hubel Province, China. That's right. 
It's uncertain whether the bacon lover had considered the effects of China's notorious smog, which would have uh, drying on the meat, uh, blah, blah, blah. But as you can see here, and I recommend highly that if you are listening on the uh, uh, audio side here, that at some point you check out the video archive of this show. Again, we are uh, doing this show live Tuesday, January 21st. Look at the amount of, of bacon this guy has. I mean, are you kidding me right here? Look at this stuff. First of all, I can't believe that this guy hasn't been taken into custody by the Chinese authorities and summarily executed right on the spot. Get that big stuff out of here. I'm pretty sure they have killed people for less. There are laws over there prohibiting people from having more than one kid, and there's no law against hanging all of this bacon off the balcony. Yeah, that's about right, I think. This is craziness. You see these pictures? That's a ton of meat. Second of all, that's one hellacious amount of b- bacon that's just hanging outdoors, right? Hey, what are we talking about here? 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds, a young ton of porky goodness? It's too much whatever it is. I believe there's a new TV show in the works, and it's called Hoarders, Chinese Bacon Style. You know Hoarders, right? The one where they go into people's homes because they can't throw one piece of anything out of their house and it's stacked up floor to ceiling or worse, animal hoarders that uh, do goats and mice and rats and cats and all that stuff. Cat Lady in Wycliffe, by the way. Watch out for her. Thirdly, who the hell is going to eat that bacon? It's hanging outdoors in China. Could there be a worse place for things in general to be hanging out in? No, there, there cannot be another place. Curing bacon inside of a nuclear reactor stack laughs at curing bacon outside in China. The pig meat has to be instantly contaminated with like the worst stuff ever. It's just floating around in the air over there. I'm not being a shithead here either. Google air quality in China and see what you get for returns. Food for thought, folks. If you have to wear a surgeon's mask... To go to and from work to ensure your respiratory health? Uh, Probably not a safe place to be. I'm just betting. You know, I'm not a betting man, but it's probably not a safe place to be. Fourth, lastly, you know, regardless of what country it's hanging in. And look, it's China. It's bad. It's a bad country to be hanging your bacon out on. You who still have all... Of the other things that will attract to the bacon hanging outside. You know those things that I'm talking about. Little things like uh, mice. Little things like rats, uh, flies, things before flies. We call them maggots where I come from. How about birds? Pterodactyls, gargoyles, Harry Potter freaks. And dare I say that along with the birds that I just mentioned a few seconds ago, bird poop comes along with birds, folks. Literally, my mind is spinning from the curing grossness that is happening over there. How about some food laws in China? Is that uh, too much to ask? Uh We have some food laws? Thanks for nothing, John. Again, before we uh, move on from this, look at this. Look at the amount of... (laughs) That's all bacon hanging off of this guy's balcony. It's literally one of the most disgusting things I have ever seen in my life. Uh, 
mostly because it's open, cured stuff in China air. China air. I have, before we go to the uh, first break and we get to Neil Strauder, uh, five predictions for barbecue in 2014. Uh, This coming from uh, the Huffington Post and a guy that you would see on this show once a month, Stephen Reichlin. And uh, we have one, quality trumps quantity. Eat less meat, but eat better meat. That's number one. Number number two, veggies get their due. Brussels sprouts roasted on wood fire at high-low barbecue in San Francisco. Uh, Wood oven pairs with Malden sea salt and tar roses in Santa Monica. Uh, Mom was right, eat your vegetables. So veggies are going to get to do great barbecue where you least expect it. Naturally, you'd find great barbecue in Texas, Tennessee, Missouri, Carolinas, and you won't be disappointed, but in Brooklyn, New York, Scottsdale, Arizona, Portland, Oregon, yep, uh, places that you wouldn't normally think great barbecue is at, you'll find it there. Wood grilling comes home as number four. Uh, The uh, high-design wood-burning grills are becoming all the rage. And rounding out the top five, and my previous guest, Robin Lindar, is very big into this. Uh, cocktails get smoked. Started with the master mixologist Dale Groff's Smoky Mary. Then came George Denton's smoked Pisco Sour and Dragon's Breath served from a smoking snifter at Renegade's Restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, when I was at the uh, Kingsford Invitational, uh, not this past one, but the one before last year, they had grilled cocktails, grilled lemonade. Uh, I think there was one with tea. There might be one called a, a rim job or something like that. Uh-oh. Making cocktails on the grill, folks. What it's all about. All right. Longest running sponsor of the show, Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. If you're like me, busy working professional, you don't have time to set around and tend those pit temperatures. You can get a barbecue guru and know that your temperatures will be taken care of. This is not technology that you have to wait five or ten years from now. This is it right now. It's happening right now. You can get into it. The barbecue guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs. And then when you're off to do uh, whatever needs to get done, the barbecue guru will maintain that temperature you set it at. If you're in the market for a cooker, please, please give high consideration to the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country for years now. Proven time and again on the circuit by Bob and the team over at the Barbecue Guru. Proven time and again by people that own this just for their backyard uses. And remember, it's fully insulated. It holds a ton of meat. It accommodates half and full pans for food service if you're a caterer. Works seamlessly, of course, with any of the Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices. So you don't have to worry about is it going to fit? I mean, it's hand-in-glove integration here. If you're going to buy an Onyx oven made by the Barbecue Guru, you know that the Barbecue Guru makes automatic temperature control devices, which you're also looking at. They're going to fit together hand-in-glove, seamless. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, those numbers, 800-288-GURU, or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. I'm telling you, man, 
two weeks ago. It is just as freaking cold down here as it was two weeks ago. I got to get me a jacket. John Dawson weighing in on the uh, bacon thing. Bottom line, be careful where you dangle your meat. John Truthbox. Hashtag Truthbox. John Dawson. Bringing it strong. Watch where you're dangling your meat, especially when it's outdoors in China. Never know what's going to happen out there. All right, uh, we're back with Neil Strotter talking about open air barbecue, the business of barbecue. Maybe a little Bo Deedle schmack. Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we're back at it. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Uh, my first guest in the second hour, a barbecue competitor. A, well, I don't know if he's still a rub maker, but he was a one. Uh, barbecue TV star, a very successful barbecue business person. Running the game down in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, you might recognize him as... Bu- Jeez, oh, Pete. I'm listening to Neil in voicemail. Again, you might recognize him as Bo Deedle's sidekick in the Arby's Smokehouse Brisket Sandwich commercial. Let's head on over to the hotline and uh, welcome back friend of the show, Neil Big Mr. Strader. Neil, what's up, brother? Neil. Hello, Neil. I'm sorry. Line two? Did you say line two? All right. Uh, Neil Strader joining us here on the show. Hello. 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 Get that big stuff oh, out Oh, no, no, Neil. I'm sure he'll pick up this time. It always is. Second time's the charm. I'm telling you, it is it is freaking cold down here in the Central Network Studios. I can't even say Barbecue Central Network Studios. It's just cold. Uh, so the question is, did I give him the right, or did I give him the right time? I'm pretty good with time anymore these days because I have to uh, say it in uh, what people would call the 24-hour clock. Let's see. Getting his voicemail again. Sending him an email. Answer your phone. Answer your phone. Neil. Hello? Hello? Hello, Neil? Yes. This is the Barbecue Central. Answer your phone. Answer your phone, you Neil. You're, you're doing bad things over there with whatever you're doing. You've got no time for me anymore? Where are you going? A fooey on you, Neil. Fooey on you, sir. Fooey. Get that big stuff out of here. I'm sure he'll call right back. I'm sure of it. Plus, he used to be on that Skype. Not on the Skype anymore. Poor Neil. Neil, by the way, I don't know if it gets enough 
just do. But, you know, we're always talking about uh, so-and-so starting a restaurant or so-and-so getting into the barbecue catering business. But I think depending on where you live, environment-wise, that uh, open-air market or the farmer's market segment might be potentially one of the most overlooked portions of where people could jump into that barbecue biz and uh, really take advantage of uh, opportunities, uh, A, to establish yourself, and then B, grow as a business. Uh, you're not really, I don't know exactly how the uh, farmer's market thing operates, if that's uh, something where you have to, and it probably differs from place to place, uh, that if you would have to buy a permit you know, every every Saturday, or if you are lucky enough to have a farmer's market area that is open every day, if you would have to buy a permit every day, and then you set up your shop. and So aside from the expense of you know, meat and fuel and rubs and sauces, uh, your, your typical operating costs and whatever the permit cost would be. If you're good at it, you're, you don't have uh, the waitresses and the lights and the heat and all of this other stuff that you have uh, coming with the traditional uh, restaurant environment. It might be a good way to uh, get your foot in the door and see if it's something that uh, you might be uh, interested in. And then, if you get successful, you are, uh, uh, let's say, building an audience. So uh, they can come and see you at your particular farmer's market, uh, whether it be every Saturday or every weekend, or maybe you can do it three times a week. You know, if you're out in California, I would imagine farmer's markets are all over the place. Running rampant, so you can start to set up uh, set up shop there and, and take advantage of that ability to market to the general public. Which, unless I'm completely mistaken, uh, Neil has been very adept at doing and uh, becoming very successful in those open air markets. Which is uh, something we'll be looking forward to uh, talking to him about whenever he decides to call in. If he ever decides to call in, let me talk to you about this pig virus may lead to higher cost for barbecue. This could be some of the worst news we've heard in recent memory. A virus killing young pigs could drive up the price of pork barbecue. Pigs in 22 states, including North Carolina, Tennessee, and other areas have tested positive for porcine epidemic diarrhea virus. Uh-oh. What? Wait a sec. Let's try this instead. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. All right, thank you. Greg Rempe reporting from the Barbecue Central breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. A virus killing young pigs could drive up the price of pork barbecue, only affects pigs, and does not pose a health threat to people, according to the Iowa Pork Industry Center at Iowa State University. The virus first appeared in the U.S. last spring. Since June, North Carolina has experienced almost 1,800 confirmed cases more than any other state. During the week of December 29th of last year, there was 137 cases of the virus in the Tar Heel State. Threat of the virus could explain why pork prices have gone up at least to one, uh, have gone up at one well-known local barbecue joint. R.O.'s Barbecue in Gastonia is paying 25 cents more for pork than a year ago. One of the owners, Mark Hoffman, said it can't all be blamed on the PED threat. Is that the uh, performance-enhancing drugs for pork? I, am I not aware of that? Big step out of here. P- 
oh no, I'm sorry, that's porcine epidemic diarrhea virus. Uh-oh. Oh lord. Part of the increase is because of the economy, he said. Prices for most of all of the restaurants' wholesale foods have increased over the past year. So if you're wondering why uh, your pork barbecue in uh, that particular region of the country is going up, it's because there is a small pig diarrhea virus. I don't even know what to say about that. Diarrhea virus. But it's killing little pigs. All right. No Neil. Get that stuff out of here. Look, it's not every day you can be on the show. Let's be honest. You know, one of the other things that I really love, really love, and we've talked about it here on this show more than three, four, five, six times. Hold on. Coming in. Big Miss is trying to call you. Well, sure he is. Look at this guy. Neil, what's up, boy? <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? Where, where are you on your? Uh, are you on the the number I was supposed to be calling you at? I am now. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, beautiful. I tr- the number you said that would come through didn't come through. What number was coming through? I don't know. It was a six six one number or something. Six six one. Uh oh. <laughs> I, well, and then something just said Skype, but Phyllis answered it, and she didn't answer it because it wasn't the number you said. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I see we are at least listening over there at the uh, World of the Mystics. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, look, let's get into it because we've lost a number of minutes here while I've been vamping, and I've been doing it very well, I might add. You know, Neil. You were vamping? Yeah, I was vamping, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know the Big Mista story, um, Maybe a quick abridged version of kind of how you got started in the barbecue business and, uh, more importantly, how you've successfully grown into what it is today. Um, well, uh, as far as the business started, we started in competition first. Um, and folks just started liking our food because we were doing a lot of people's choice competitions. So they were asking us to cater, and we started um, doing little things. And because competitions cost so much, my wife told me, Hey, homeboy, you need to start selling something to pay for these competitions because you're cutting into my shoe money. Uh-oh. So um, we started you know, selling at her job and my job, and then we decided, hey, let's try farmer's markets. And we did, and it just started growing. And eventually I quit my job, she quit her job, and we both do it full-time now. I mean, was it your initial interest in barbecue? I mean, was she like, yeah, let's do competitions, or was she just kind of along for the ride? She was just along for the ride. I mean, with me, it was I was into the barbecue. She was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but like I said, it started costing money. So she yeah. said, okay, let's make some money so you can go do your thing. Does she have some type of a flip when she sees it's becoming successful where she leaves her job then to, to get into the barbecue business as well? Well, the, the flip came when we, start, we started doing the farmer's markets. And um, I went and approached the job. I, I was working as a banker at the time. And um, I approached my job and said, hey, these farmer's markets are growing. I need to, you know, cut back on my hours here. So can I, like, work Monday, Wednesday, Friday? That way, you know, you can cut, cut back on salaries, but you still have somebody that can manage this portfolio. Yeah. And they never got back to me about it. So my wife said, hey, we've, we've already replaced your salary. Just quit. So I did. <laughs> and then about a year and a half later, she quit. 
and it's been magic ever since. <laughs> okay, let's call it that. All right. Uh, Big Mista <laughs> joining me here on the show. His website, Big Mista, M-I-S-T-A, BigMista.com. Um, Neil, I was just talking about it here before you jumped on the phone, but you know, for somebody like yourself who has kind of made it uh, in a good way through the farmer's market, does, does the farmer's market segment or the open-air facility get enough attention when compared to the traditional brick-and-mortar storefronts? I mean, is that a good way to kind of uh, test the water, as it were, instead of just jumping in and getting into a restaurant? I think so. Um, of course, the, the outlay, outlay is much less. Um, you know, the main thing is all they want to say is, do you have a sink? That's the big thing. Do you have a sink and do you have insurance? After that, they don't really care. You know, so you get in there and you start selling it. Uh, you grow, you know, people start talking about you, and hopefully, you know, everything takes off. So you're going to be making this uh, leap into the restaurant business. Uh, when did you decide yeah. to make the jump, and kind of where are you right now into that process? Actually, we were approached by um, their, um, the building that we're moving into. It's a multi-use building, so there are like 100 condos that are all full at the top of this building. And there are two retail floors at the bottom. And they decided they wanted to do some of the retail floors. Huh. And the guy that runs a lot of the farmer's markets here is actually the one doing this project. So he wanted to pull in some people he knew. So he approached me about it. He said, hey, I really want you in here. I like your product. I like what you do. You have a following. You know, I want to put you in one of these spots. So, and so, it, you know, they approached us about it. We weren't really thinking about it. We were just trying to grow our catering business. Aside from Mrs. Mister, number one, of course, uh, who are yeah. you holding counsel with to see if, like, this is the best decision for you guys, and, and what items are you talking through to give yourself the best chance at success at this? Um, as far as the business side, uh, Mrs. Mister went through a program. It's called 10,000 Small Businesses, and it's businesses. <laughs> and it is a program uh, put on by uh, American Express. And um, there was another group, but I think it was American Express put this on. Anyway, she went through this whole program, and it, talked, and it taught them about finance, loan, marketing, everything like this. So she, you know, a lot of current stuff. Not, you know, you can go to school and learn, but this was really current stuff, stuff that people are doing now, and there are a lot of other business owners that are in it. So she made a lot of contacts there also. Um, as far as... You know, the other side, the cooking side, and actually running the kitchen. Um, I have a chef friend that I've been consulting with. He works at a restaurant out in the valley. And then, um, you know, I've talked to some local barbecue folks. Uh, I've talked to folks across the country. You know, I've been talking to everybody's ear I can pull. Uh, Melissa, uh, I've talked to Chris, I've talked to Tuffy, uh, I've talked to Ronnie Killen down there in Houston. So, you know, we've been, you know, just try, trying to tap every resource we can, trying to get information. Kim Walton um, from q and for You up in um, Clovis, you know, everybody. Neil Big Mista Strader joining me here on the show. BigMista.com is the website. You know, Neil, I'm obviously not telling you anything you probably don't already know, but uh, getting into the restaurant business probably as risky as uh, getting into a marriage these days. The overwhelming majority of them are failing <laughs> and fail early in their development. Uh, do you have uh, any type of processes in place aside from uh, people that you've talked to that will hopefully ensure success from Jump Street? Um, well, that's the thing we're going to be developing before we open because we're not going to open until probably late April, early, early May. 
So we're going to put a lot of process in place. That's why I'm, I'm talking to chefs because I want to learn more about running the kitchen. You know, not necessarily just doing the barbecue. The barbecue I can do. But, you know, processes for, the, for what needs to be done in the kitchen, how the line needs to be set up, things like that. So when we go in, we're not just, you know, just flailing around. What's the menu? Um, What's the menu going to look like? Um, we're gonna st- we're gonna keep it pretty traditional. Um, there will be some we'll, since we're gonna be doing. They actually want us to do all three meals. They want us to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So breakfast will be interesting. You know, it'll be basically some of the barbecue meats with eggs and grits and potatoes, and we have a few ideas that we're gonna toss out there. They'll be special. One of them is gonna be. Um, Candy pancakes. Oh, I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah, so you know, but it'll be traditional. Um, you know, we're gonna have a few sides. We're just gonna do um, our meats will be, you know, brisket, pork, turkey, lynx, um, ribs, rib tips, um, occasionally a beef rib, and um, you know, we want to. There are a lot of restaurants that try to do everything. They have tacos and burgers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to be that. We want to focus on what we do well. So are, are you and, and Mrs. Mister going to be there like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Is you, are you now going to be living at the restaurant full-time or what? <laughs> I hope not. No, we're going to, um, hopefully we'll be tag-teaming it. And then, you know, we plan on hiring some good people that will be able to work, that we can trust there too. So um, let's uh, let's assume, because I have no reason to believe otherwise, this thing is going to take off. It's going to be gangbusters. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, open air market times a hundred. Do you plan mm-hmm. on potentially looking down the road at uh, franchising this thing out if it really takes off, or would you like to kind of keep it under your control and, and maybe open a, a multiple store scenario around the uh, Los Angeles area, a la Tuffy Stone, Leanne Whippin, Myron Mixon, and so forth? Um. I think there's a there's a chance that we might do some of both. Um, we've been talking about franchising. We're not sure yet. You know, we're um, if we we say, we're thinking if we if we franchise, it won't necessarily be this concept that we're going to do at this place. Um, we have a few ideas that we're going to do uh, different things in different places. And we'll decide which one will be the easiest to franchise. Neil Big Mister Strader joining me here on the show. Uh, BigMister.com is website. Yeah, let me transition here uh, quick. Well, so let me uh, wrap up the the restaurant talk here real quick. Uh, obviously excited. Are you more excited than nervous? Or are you more nervous than excited as you draw nearer to opening day? Um, I'm excited. There is some nervous in there, but you know, hey, I'm having I'm, I'm putting faith in God and 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 my wife and the rest of the team that we put together, and we're going to make this happen. Um, we are pretty lucky because we're not going in dry, you know. We already have a following. So as opposed to some new restaurant that nobody knows who they are and what they do, yeah. people are already eating our food. And, in fact, one of the farmer's markets we do will be right around the corner from where the restaurant's going to be. So the people in that area know who we are. Uh, Neil, but last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the time here. Uh, let's talk a bit about this uh Arby's commercial that you have been seeing on Nation. I mean, how does that come to you? That's a pretty big hit, isn't it? Um, it, it was. It just, it just came out of the blue. 
um, the director for the commercial, this is as the story as it was told to me. He said, hey, I want uh, somebody in this commercial. I like using real-looking people, so I want somebody in this commercial that looks like a pit master. And that's what he told the casting director. So she said, okay, I got to go find somebody and figure out what this looks like. So she started watching some old episodes of Barbecue Pitmaster. <laughs> she saw me on there, and she told her assistant, go find me some people that look like this guy. <laughs> Handsome black so they man. they call around, <laughs> not knowing who I was, they called around a b- bunch of people, a bunch of local guys that do barbecue, and had them come in. And I just walked in, and the casting director saw me, and she said, that's the guy! Oh. Him! Right there! <laughs> so... Um, they almost, you know, picked me right there on the spot. And, um, there were some other guys that, that they, that other pit masters and stuff like that, that they had, it was supposed to look like a whole contest and they were supposed to talk to a bunch of different people. Well, it ended up that I was the only one that they used. So I'm not mad about that, but it worked out. Do people really know who uh, Bo Deedle is as being a famous New York City detective? I mean, did you even know who the hell he was before the Arby's commercial? Before the Arby's commercial? No. Yeah. No. He, no. He, I mean, I had seen him in other Arby's commercials, but I had no idea of it. And so I said, oh, yeah, he was on this show and that, and he was a detective. No, I had no idea. Oh. He was just another guy, and we had so much fun. Because I mean, he started doing that crazy Bo Deedle, they call them Deedleisms, <laughs> Boisms, you know, where he messes up all these different words. So I started doing it with him, and he loved it. So we're going back and forth, and the whole crew is just cracking up, and we're just going back and forth. And the director comes over and said, okay, you might be one of the ones we're going to actually use in the commercial. Uh. And it so happened is that, we were there making a bunch of food because they kept telling us, look busy, look busy, look busy. Well, we, there was a contest that same weekend, and we were shooting on a Friday, so we were going to leave there and go straight to the contest. And it was a People's Choice contest. So we're there actually prepping our food for the People's Contest, so we're really working. <laughs> and the director comes over, and he's telling me, and I hand him some pig candy, and um, he starts swooning, and he said, you know, I have a whole lot of say about who actually ends up in this commercial. Uh, <laughs> I say, I understand what you're saying. And I slid the whole tray of big kitty over there. <laughs> Obviously, I got results. <laughs> big Mr. Not Stupid and Handsome. Uh, so, like, what are we talking, what kind of money are we talking about here, uh, Neil? Are we talking, like, six figures, a million dollars? Uh, I mean, this is a I nationwide wish. commercial. Are you uh, now retiring? I mean, what are we looking at? No, nothing like that. Really? Um, that's what I was... I was under the impression that that was going to be. I didn't know, but I was thinking, wow, every time this comes on, I'm seeing, oh, yes, this is on a thousand times here, a thousand. I said, I'm going to get paid. That's not the way it works. No? There's a, no. Oh. There's a standard um, SAG contract. SAG has a, a contract that they, they put you under, and you get paid every time it's on network TV. But when it's on uh, cable, you get paid per channel, one time for that channel for oh. three months. Wow. And then for, like, the local channels, you get paid for certain areas around the country. 
and you get one play, you get paid for the Los Angeles area, Chicago, and then, you know, small as Indianapolis or yeah. whatever, you know. So you get paid for areas one time. So it wasn't like millions of dollars, no. Yeah, it wasn't the, uh, the I was lottery. Happy. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of things done with it. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't life changing money. Hey, that's all right. Uh, you were on television. Everybody knows uh, Big Mista and Bo Deedle is the next crime-fighting duo. Uh, we're talking with uh, Neil Big Mista Strader. Uh, Big I Mista. Everybody, I want to be flow. Yeah, well, why not? Um, BigMista.com is website. Uh, Neil, apologies for the uh, the phone issue there up front, but uh, happy to spend no a few minutes. Uh, let's talk soon again. All right, buddy. Okay, tell everybody check us out, Big Mista's Barbecue. On Facebook, Twitter, and on Google Plus, we're moving to Google Plus because Facebook is tripping. All right, you heard it here first. Thank you, Neil. Facebook is tripping. I don't. Need, I don't even know what that means. Facebook is tripping. I might. I might think about getting back onto the Google. I have a Google Pluses. I just haven't really plussed up a lot. Thanks to Neil. Uh, next generation of iGrill has arrived. You can uh, now, I believe it's still under pre-order, the iGrill Mini at iDevicesInc.com slash iGrill. It's $39.99. iGrill Mini, everything you love about the iGrill. So much more, though. It's got a smart LED. It indicates the progression of your temperatures. Also lets you know when you're in and out of temperature range, proximity wake-up, and an outstanding battery life of 150 hours. You get all these awesome features in a pocket-sized device at half the price of the original iGrill, $39.99 for the iGrill Mini. comes with a meat probe and a probe wrap. The iGrill magnetically mounts to your grill or smoker and even comes with an attachable magnet in case you have a ceramic cooker or other non-magnetic surface. How about that? Maybe a little info on the product itself, Rempy. Okay, how about that? iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs with your Apple or Android device. Using the free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded at the iTunes App Store or Google Play Store, depending on your platform. Uh, just some information in general for both the iGrill Mini and the iGrill Original. Uh, 200 feet of Bluetooth range. You can monitor your food from practically anywhere in the house. Gives you the free time to do whatever you want. With the assurance your food is being cooked perfectly. Go watch the game. You can consume alcohol. You can mow the lawn. iGrill's got your food covered. Uh, the original iGrill has dual probe capability, so you can monitor two pieces of meat at once, or you can measure the ambient temperature of your smoker or grill using the ambient temperature probe. You can purchase that at iGrillInc.com. Now, within the app, you can set minimum and maximum temperature settings. If your grill or smoker gets too hot or too cold, your smart device will alert you. Enter promo code CENTRAL at checkout for 15% off everything at iGrillInc.com. And don't forget... They also offer free shipping on orders at $50 or more. The uh, free iGrill app on Facebook for the Apple product allows you to upload pictures of what you're cooking right to the iGrill Facebook page. The app also has a globe feature that shows you all the other iGrillers from around the world. And uh, you can also use the graph to monitor the speed of which your temperature is rising. Uh, the original iGrill is 80 bucks, and then for $39.99, you can get the iGrill Mini. Uh, iGrill Mini, iDevicesInc.com slash iGrill, and the uh, original iGrill can be iGrillInc.com. Don't forget to use Central at checkout for 15% off everything and everything at $50 or more ships for free. All right, uh, we're back with my mommy. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
All right, we are back. 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, thanks again to Neil Strotter for joining me this past segment talking about the uh, potential under underation. I believe underation is not a word. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh, why not bring in my mom right now? Mom, how are you? Hello, Mom. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm uh, just putting your picture up here. Uh, looking very warm in uh, Florida. We are uh, exactly the opposite here. In Cleveland, Ohio. Right. Man, oh, man. It's freaking freezing down here in the new studios. Well, can't you wear, like, a sweatshirt or something? Yeah, but, you know, i got to look good for the ladies. <laughs> well, you look good. Thank you. What do you think of the beard? I love it. Yeah. Uh, Meathead says that the gray in my beard means that the, my brain matter is leaking out onto my face. I remember him saying that. He's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, I won't go that far. I take it all back, Meathead. We're best friends again. <laughs> all right, so, uh, Mom, we have you on uh, to do what we call Connie's Recipe Corner. And, uh, you know... So it's it's not always about the barbecue and the grilling here on the show. Sometimes we like to uh, open it up, get outside of that uh, proverbial barbecue and grilling box that we're in uh, most nights. And uh, certainly your recipes, uh, A, easy to prepare, B, delicious. And C, most importantly, pretty much anybody can do these uh, recipes. It's not like you have to be a trained chef coming out of the Culinary Institute of the Americas in New York City or wherever that place we talked about earlier uh, tonight, what was the name of that place we were talking about? The cooking school? Um, Smith. Uh, a Smith. Paul Smith. Smith. Paul Smith. Yeah, you don't have to be like that. You can just be General Jane and Joe, right? Absolutely. Yes. All right. So uh, we usually start with an appetizer, and tonight it looks like it's starting with garlic and mushrooms, queso fundito. That's it. Oh, yes. Okay. Did I say that right? That's how I would have said it. So, yes. Well, wonderful. It sounds uh, like there's at least garlic and mushrooms in it. And melted cheese. Uh, now, all right. Cheese is uh, very ambiguous. Uh, sometimes people think cheese as a block of Velveeta. Some people think cheese as, uh, you know, little squares that you can eat with your fingers. What kind of cheese are we looking at here? Uh, we are looking at mozzarella cheese this time. Really? Mozzarella? Oh, wait. Yeah. I mean, mozzarella? Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, many different grades of mozzarella. You can get the stuff that looks like it's taking a bath in milk. You can get <laughs> uh, the other kind of mozzarella cheese. Uh, what kind of mozzarella cheese is best to use in this particular dish? Or this I guess, one. you know, how do you make it, I guess, would be even be a better question. How do you make the, the dish itself? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, again, as you said before, they're all easy. Uh, this one, you're just starting with preheating your oven. Then in a uh, frying pan, you're going to add a little olive oil. To that, you're going to saute some uh, onion until they're translucent. To that, you're going to add some sliced mushrooms uh, and garlic. And you're sauteing that for about five minutes until they're kind of tender, taking that off the heat adding some thyme, a little cayenne pepper, some salt and pepper. Um, then you're going to take your mozzarella cheese, put that into a pie plate, sprinkle half the cheese on the bottom, take half of your mushroom mixture on top of the cheese, 
then add your extra uh, cheese and then the uh, rest of the mushrooms. Pop it in the oven until it's all uh, melted in bubbly and uh, add some chopped cilantro on the top and uh, serve it with uh, your favorite chip. Wow, sounds delicious. It is, yes. All right, so uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, email in here going, what kind of mushroom, what kind of mushroom? There's mushrooms from a can, there's uh, shit take mushrooms, there's portobello <laughs> mushrooms, there's porcini mushrooms. Uh, w- what seems to go best? Um, well, you could probably use anything that you wanted. This one, I use just regular button mushrooms. But, you you know, you could use... Uh, I'm not a real fan of the canned mushrooms. They're just kind of rubbery. But uh, any other mushroom you want is fine. But uh, the just the button mushrooms works real well with this one. Is that uh, something you might be making for uh, Super Bowl Sunday? Absolutely. Really? Uh, yeah, that is on the menu. All right. Good. Uh, garlic and mushrooms queso fundido. Uh, next up, which looks like it's the main course, is uh, fish Tacos, something we never, ever had when I was growing up. And by the way, while I have been jealous of most of the stuff that you have decided to make since you left me here in Ohio and uh, beat feet down to the warmer climates of Florida, I don't know if I would necessarily be that uh, upset that we've never had fish tacos. (laughs) Well... You know, um, I never thought I would like a fish taco, but in fact, I am a huge fan of the fish taco. What's in this fish taco? Now, this one is so easy. There truly is no reason why you ever want to go out to eat. Like, you got dinner ready in about 20 minutes. All right. So, yeah. So, this, uh, you're going to want to grab your um, wok. If you have a wok, if you don't have a wok, you can just use a large frying pan. But in the pan, you're going to add a little olive oil. Then we're adding our white fish. Um, They called for tilapia. I prefer cod, but whatever white fish works for you. I love tilapia. I love it. And, and it's probably one of your lesser expensive fishes, so, you know, that's uh, that's also good. So you're going to pop that right into the wok, add some chopped onion, some chopped red bell pepper, or maybe some poblano pepper, Ooh. add in wow. some uh, fresh lime juice, um, some cilantro. You're going to take... Uh, you're just going to cook it for about 15 minutes, stirring it on occasion to kind of break down the uh, the fish chunks so they're small. Yep. And uh, in add a little salt and pepper, and uh, it's basically done. 15 minutes, you're ready to eat. To that, you're going to take your um, fish mixture, put it into a flour tortilla, add your toppings, which in this case, we are adding sharp cheddar cheese. Mm. Although you can use pepper jack cheese or Monterey Jack or whatever you want. Uh, Top it with sour cream. I use the fat-free sour cream, which works fine for me. A little more fresh uh, cilantro. And I'm topping that with uh, some mixed greens and some mango peach salsa, which which I never really thought, that doesn't really sound good, but all those combinations are just delicious. You're going to wrap it all up in your taco, and it's... You know it's really good when it's just kind of dripping down your face and running down your arms. You kind of need to lick off your hands while you're eating it. It's uh, it's quite delicious. And like I said, 20 minutes you got dinner. 
and it's fresh and delicious. Where are you getting uh, mango peach salsa, or is that something that you're making uh, homemade in advance? I am not making that oh, homemade right. in advance. Actually, I get it out of a jar. I get it at one of my local cooking stores. I'm sure you can probably find it anywhere. You know, they're not uh, really difficult to find. All right, so that sounds good. You said a, a soft, like a, a flour tortilla for that? Yes. All right. Uh, yep. Do you uh, do like the the warming of that, or you just eat it uh, cold right out of the bag, or what? Um, I have usually taken it just cold, but you could certainly warm them up, or you could, if you wanted to, you know, um, toast them on. You have a uh, a gas grill yes. or a gas a gas stove. Yes. So you know you can warm them right up on on your stove, and that that way too, just heat them up kind of char them a little bit if you want. Um, you can also use the, the hard shells to, you know, whatever whatever you like. All right. So, uh, again, we started with garlic and mushroom queso fundido. Uh, then we moved to fish tacos. You know, I'm kind of feeling a uh, Latin American uh, descent to this meal, at least for the first two. Uh, dessert, yeah. of course, is a apple cinnamon baked donut. With brown butter glaze. Uh, may I say, yes, please. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, so uh, kind of break this down for us. Sounds like it might be a little labor-intensive. It does sound that way, yeah. but really it is not. Really? Uh, you're basically just starting with uh, whisking all your dry ingredients together, which is just flour, baking powder, baking soda, salt, some ground cinnamon, some freshly grated nutmeg, some ground ginger, and some brown sugar. Just whisk that in together in a bowl and set it aside. Then you're going to brown your butter, which uh, if you've never done that before. I've never done it. And truly, it is probably one of the most delicious things ever. It kind of gives it a nutty flavor. Uh, it's you have to do this, and it's good for everything. It's good just for taking a spoon and eating it right out of the saucepan, because truly, what? it's... I don't think you could do that. Oh, when you make this, you will. It is delicious. You'll just, you just eat brown butter out of the pan? Yeah. Mother, true. what are you it's talking good. about? Well, I, I'm i saying you take in your butter, you're going to just put it in a saute pan yeah. over medium heat. Uh -huh. It cooks it. Maybe it takes five minutes, but it's going to get frothy when it starts to really brown, uh -huh. and you have to keep stirring it and watching it because it can go from browned to burned fairly quickly. But uh, when you notice it's brown and you just take it off the, uh, the burner and set that aside, and try not to just uh, drink it right there, because really, as I said, it's it's delicious and very addictive. But uh, you're going to set that aside. Then you're going to just whisk together your uh, wet ingredients, which is uh, your egg, some buttermilk, vanilla, and half of that brown butter. Uh, set those aside. Then you're going to uh, take your wet ingredients. Just add them all to the dry ingredients with then a grated apple. Just combine those until they're nicely combined, but you don't want to over mix them because it tends to get tough. And you're going to, uh, you need actually, I forgot to tell you, you're going to need a donut pan. They, you can get them at like Target or Walmart or whatever. Um, there are pans that look like just little donuts. So you're going to take this batter and put it into your prepared donut pan. You're going to want to spray it with Pam or some other cooking spray. Mm. Fill it about uh, three-quarters full. 
<clears throat> pop it in the oven. They cook in about eight to 10 minutes. When they're done cooking, let them cool. And in the meantime, while they're cooling, you want to do your glaze, which is just uh, powdered sugar, a little salt, the other half of that brown butter with some vanilla extract and milk. And you stir that all together. And uh, when the donuts are cooled, you're going to spread that glaze over the top of the donuts. And um, you might want to pop them into the refrigerator maybe for 10 or 15 minutes. And it helps harden the glaze. Uh And uh, they are best eaten the same day. But quite frankly, I can't imagine that there could be any leftover for the next day. Is it not equally? I mean, you talked about putting them in the refrigerator to help set the glaze up. Uh, Would it not be equally delicious just to take the um, the hot donut and uh, dipping it right into the warm brown butter sauce and shoving it right in your fat face? You know what? That would be <laughs> that would be an awesome option, also. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and probably a lot easier than spreading it with a fork. You could just take your donut, you know, and uh, break it in pieces and dip and eat. And sure, yes. Do you have best. a uh, suggested drink pairing with this? Uh, well, you know, for me, I would have to have an ice water. I'm sorry, because I just need that cold drink to wash it down. But Wow, wow bringing it strong. Uh, ice I, I ice on the rocks? A, a white wine probably would be Ooh, good. Maybe yeah. a glass of champagne. Champagne, right. To help kind of break down the, the fat in your mouth. Absolutely. A little bubbly going on. Yep. A little yeah. effervescence in your palate, absolutely. Uh, so here's what we've talked about tonight. A garlic and mushroom queso fundido. Fish tacos is your main. And then as a dessert, a apple cinnamon baked donut with a brown butter apple glaze. Of course, you can uh, come to the website tomorrow. We're going to be making up a page for uh, all the subsequent visits. And uh, we'll be posting all the recipes right there to the page so you can direct there. Typically, we've been asking people to email in with requests and I send them back out. This will be much easier uh, for traffic and for people to download them at their convenience. Um, I'm, as always, a home run of succulents and uh, potential weight gain. And uh, I appreciate the time, and we will talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. All right, Mom, love you. I love you too, honey. Okay. Bye-bye. That's my mom. It's my mom, not your mom. My mom's better than your mom because she makes apple buttered brown donuts. And your mom does not, although your mom would want to eat them. Because guess what? Your mom's... Fat! That's right. Fat! That's right. I said it. Oh, I said it. Uh, Quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. Look, last week, uh, just for uh, this is my testimonial. Last week, I came on the show at this very time, and I said, hey, if you're somebody who has a product or service that uh, is looking to get with the show, I mean, if you're a fan of the show, you've noticed that I've had pretty much the same round of advertisers ever since the inception of the show, which next month I believe will be six years. Uh, We had one fall out. And within that week's time frame, I am back here to tell you that in uh, two weeks' time, I will have uh, contracts signed with a brand new advertiser. No names, please, right now. But needless to say... uh, one of the bigger pit manufacturers out there in the market today uh, to both home and competition. Many other products that they have uh, that you will be very grateful for that they are uh, now supporting the show and the uh, partner set. 
And I'm very excited to announce them as such here at the very beginning of February. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We're back to wrap up the show. Uh, Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. Finalizing the show here tonight, 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com again if you uh, want your hands to be all over those recipes that my mom was just talking about uh, visit the website I believe underneath uh, links we'll have uh, Connie's recipe corner page up there and uh, from here going forward we'll post those recipes up for you to uh, take a look at if you're so inclined to do so you can uh, try them out and then you can email me back and let me know if they were uh, winners or losers for you uh, but we do know that they're easy to do. You don't need to be a chef. They're typically uh, tasty. These are all tried out in the kitchen. First, these aren't ones that are just thrown up against the wall hoping that something sticks. Because we don't do that where we come from. We try it first, and we know it's good or bad. We're not going to give you the bad. We're going to give you the good. We try and keep it positive here, baby. Try and keep it positive. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Dave Bosk extensively about horse meat. Its potential to be sold here in the United States, uh, how funding has been stopped for a horse inspection. Uh, Dave has not had the opportunity or pleasure, I believe as he put it, to, to taste horse meat. But friend of the show, John Finch, has had horse meat that is a little game. He kind of has a beefy quality to it. Uh, given his druthers, he would rather have the beef, but uh, definitely serviceable. Looked pretty good uh, in the raw state, but even better cooked. Then we talked with Robin Lindar, the real girl about uh, five Super Bowl recipes that she'll be making and suggested that you would make. Also, uh, caveman-style grilling where you throw uh, beef steak right there on the embers of your grill directly. Uh, and then she uh, told me why Bobby Flay should not be on the number two seat for the barbecue, uh, the pork barrel barbecue list of 2013, 25 most influential people. We went back and forth on that. So if you missed it, replay it. It's great. I really put Robin in a book. And then in the second hour, we joined uh, Big Mister Neil Schroeder, talking about uh, open-air cooking and so forth. And uh, then we close it out with my mom. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday if you have uh, raw cast iron re-seasoned after, after each and every use. Uh, a little bit of Pam, a little Crisco, a little bake back in generations of rust resources. Uh, also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday, it's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.